0: Hey everybody, Chris here, and we're taking a small break from the Forgotten Books of the Bible series just to get caught up on some recording and content for all of you guys. But don't worry, we aren't leaving you with nothing to listen to. We decided that we would release one of our very first YouTube series that we recorded back in 2020 called The Conviction Series, where we essentially went through the book of James, chapter by chapter, and talked about what convicted us from it. The audio quality isn't that great on some of the episodes but we really thought that the content was good enough to overlook some of the bad audio quality we had when we first started up so we really hope you all enjoyed this short series and allow it to do some convicting in your life as well Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Conviction Series. I'm Chris, and this is Murdoch, and we're here with the Conviction in James Chapter 3. I wasn't sure if you are going to let me say my own name this time, (laughs) that's why I had that pause. (laughs) Well, I wasn't, and then I thought I should, so I was like, I should be nice enough to let Murdoch say his own name. So there you go, you're Murdoch. I am. Chapter 3. Let's get into it. What a treat, huh? I'm going to start at the end. Alright. A bit of Tarantino, right? Just a little bit. Um, But I'm trying to figure out where, because I think 13 through 17, the entirety of those verses. It's kind of a chunk, yeah. Yeah. It almost felt to me when I read these, like I'm in a fight. And I got my hands up, and then I got hit here. So I went to block there, and then I got hit here. So I went, brought it back up, and then they hit me here. Like no matter where I was blocking, the other part was getting hit of my body. So this was kind of a real ouch for me. So who is wise in understanding among you? Let him show you it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly and unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And I'm just going to stop there for right now because I got tired of getting hit. But to me, this was hard because there was this part in here that says harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart. And everyone gets hurt by something or someone at some time. And then there's bitterness inside of us or even looking at someone who has something that I want. I want to tell myself, no, it's okay that they have that and I don't. But there's this envy to it. Like if someone got a promotion that I really, really wanted and they got it. How do you go up to someone and say, congratulations, you got the job and I didn't? And then I can like say, no, I, I'm past it. But that harboring, you know, maybe just a little bit inside of me still holds on to it. And the same thing with selfish ambition, because we've actually talked about this privately together, that that's something that I feel like I, I struggle with this for God's glory. But I also want to be recognized for God's glory. But I want the intention. Um, and then he, it's what James does best, right? But anyone who has this kind of wisdom in quotation marks who thinks this way, it's unspiritual and of the devil. So now James just told me I'm not spiritual and I am the devil. So
1: well, Let me give you what mine says. <laughs> Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. That's <laughs> coming from the English Standard Version.
0: So I'm a demon.
1: <laughs> there we go. No, just your wisdom is a bit <laughs> demonic. Yeah, It was interesting hearing that. And I was wondering what your take on it was going to be. Because whereas you're feeling like, oh man, I'm up, I'm getting hit by this. I was kind of not as hit by this section. It gave me a lot of consideration going through this chapter because I felt like, no, 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 it's the conviction series and I'm learning here. So it's just like, this has got to convict me more than it is right now. So I was trying to think like, am I just not thinking accurately of myself? Am I not paying attention to something? So I was wanting to hear where you were coming from that maybe you would be able to properly shine the spotlight. And I would be like, oh, you know what? I agree with that. But you did it, <laughs> Not fully. But then I think that that's fine because it's like, you know what? We all do have our separate things that yeah. we do kind of like gets in there more. And it's like, there's definitely things in here that, that grab me a bit. But whereas other parts of James really hit me, this one's just like, you know what? I feel like maybe more so in my past. I've learned through some of it. Maybe I just wasn't as
0: predisposed to some of it to begin with. I, I mean, personally, there's just so much inside of here that he says, you know, he starts off with, let let him show it by his good life and by deeds done in humility. And then there's the, the um, uh, do not boast about it. So don't boast about it or deny it. Recognize this as part of your life, but don't boast about it. And I even thought about the good deeds and what people do, that if we boast about it, does it negate what we just did? Does it take away that good deed From giving it to God and, you know, just doing it because you did it for God's glory. And then you go around and tell people about what you did. And now it's become about my glory. And
1: that's where Jesus talks about it, right? He's like, hey, see all them that are parading what they're doing? They got their glory. They got their glory from, from men. Like whatever you do in secret, God sees what's done in secret and he'll reward you for those things. But then I also think that there's a balance because as teachers or as, you know, just people who are leading other people, at a point you need to lead by example or be able to you know speak on things because sometimes I struggle with that is how much do I share being aware of that concept of am I sharing this so that people will think differently of me is it giving God the glory at times is almost like am I fine to like lose out on the God glory for this one it's like okay God like if that one doesn't count in heaven because I'm sharing it hopefully this is just useful to them in my weird ways of thinking about things and trying to like Yeah, my brain can get kind of complicated sometimes, but I hear you. Yeah, as far as boasting about things, jealousy and selfish ambition. I know that for me how that played out, especially more so when I was first coming back into the church and then I was kind of given a leadership role pretty quick just because I was really all about it and just like couldn't get enough and, you know, moved up in that way is that I really, really, it's like I really, really wanted to see what I was reading in the Bible happen in the world. But then I also really, really wanted to be the person that was making that happen. Like I was the one bringing in the message, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where some of it is for me, but I'm not entirely sure that that's even what this, this part of the passage is saying. Mm-hmm. I just, when I kind of relate my uh, ambition, even within Christianity, like there is that, okay, is it for my glory or for God's? Like I want to see revival, but I really wouldn't be the mind... Be the mind mind being the
0: preacher who's preaching that revival you know what i mean yeah there's that and then 16 is for where you have envy selfish ambition there you find disorder in every evil practice and just kind of again that reminder envy selfish ambition what are you doing things for why are you doing it whose glory is it going to uh, and I think there is a balance between it. There, there has to be an, a legitimate balance between having a holy ambition, something that is holy and I want to do it for the service of God. You've put this burden in my heart and no matter what else I did in life, it doesn't fulfill me. And then once you get there, having the ability to then recognize that everything you're doing is just because God's gifted you and allowed you to do it. And not taking that and internalizing it and making yourself famous for it or trying to get fame for it in any sense a lot of even to like why are we doing this why are we sitting here talking to you guys putting up these videos you know what is my motive am I just trying to teach people what I struggle with or what I've learned by reading the Bible or is it to gain more and finding that line because there is definitely a line of like God will bless me if I just do what I'm called to do throughout the Bible his process he will prosper those and do I achieve prosperity because I want it, or do I achieve prosperity because he's blessed me with it?
1: Yeah, kind it brings to mind the well-done, good, and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. If we just take that humble mindset of a servant that it's not all of my ambition, yeah. I'm just doing what God is asking me to do, and I'm finding contentment in doing what he's asking me to do. If for us as teachers, you know, really, and as pastors to be able to come and do what it is that we're doing— it's like, okay, if a video has 30 views or if it has 3 million, it's just like we've also talked about. Instant fame would probably be really bad for both of us. <laughs> so it's like, share the video, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that here where he follows it up in verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Even at the interpersonal, because we can look at our own pride and our ambitions as a like kind of in a vacuum, like where, where I'm at. But we're always interacting with other people, right? Me on staff at the church, I'm interacting with other staff members, other ministry leaders, people within those ministries and everything. And it's how am I interacting with those people? Am I looking at what somebody else has? Like you're saying, jealousy is it first pure like you're saying oh man i really am happy for that person mm-hmm. to be able to get to that point point. and i think that that's what's important here to realize is that the goal is to get to that point to where we can really look at other people and just really truly have that oh, that's really cool that they have that but i think that that comes also from a hey, it's really cool that i have what i have mm-hmm. when you're content with where you're at this is kind of weird i think i heard it from ck lewis <laughs> Don't go look it up because you might run across some stuff, but it was a, it was one of the short videos that's showed on Facebook or something. He was talking to his girls and he basically said, look, the only reason you should ever look in somebody else's bowl is to see if they have enough. Mm. If they have more than you, don't get jealous about it. You know, basically, well, this is thing. like, don't be envious. Don't have your own ambitions of, oh, if they have that, I need that, whatever. Just, hey, you know what? Are you good? Can I help you? And uh, well, you should be helping me for it, you know, all of that stuff. Just look at what we have and look at what we can do. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: That is really cool. That's a good way to actually look at all of this. Because yeah. if we're summing up uh, like what we've talked about before, James is talking about help those people, help those people in need. And then real wisdom comes in when you're looking at your ambitions and looking at people around you and saying, do they have enough? Can I help you instead? There's two kinds of wisdom. There's wisdom that's all about me, my life, and how I can gain which is a world wisdom, right? That's the truth, right? How can you jump demonic. in this demonic? How can I jump the ladder ahead of everybody and no matter how I do it, if I'm crushing people, who cares? I get what I want because I wanted it. And then there's the wisdom that comes from heaven and it's pure. How can I help others? It's, and mine is peace-loving. How can I be peace and love into things? It's considerate. I'm putting other people first, submissive. Maybe I don't get this and that's okay because I have what I have. I really like that point you made. Full of mercy uh, good fruit, impartial, sincere, all these things. At the end of it, he says, you have this wisdom, you live this way, it produces a harvest. And I kind of think of it again, kind of going back to what I said, if we live this way, just be the servant and allow God to bless us. We reap that harvest. The one thing that I, I've always told myself is that I never want more than what I need. You no, know, God never give me Beyond. Because I always fear myself. I, I legitimately have a fear of that first wisdom in myself. But if you could give me what I need and I could be content with where I'm at and what I have, then anything else I'll learn to also accept it as contentment. It's always there. And I feel like that's what he's done. Like for the most part, he's given me just the things I need. I have a beautiful wife. I have two wonderful children. I have a home. I have my chickens. I have my Prius. Like I have the things that probably not all those things I need, but the essential things. And even with uh, some stuff that me and my wife were talking about like coming up in the future financially we've come to this conclusion in the 12 years we've been married that god's always taking care of us our bank accounts never went to like zero and even sometimes in the midst of like how are we going to be able to do this the storehouse has gotten fuller you know what i'm saying like the the you just how are we saving this much money i don't know if god's doing it but it's because i think motives intentions allowing god to just bless instead of pursuing what the world has to offer and chasing the dream but that's all i i don't want to talk about this anymore because it hurts too much (laughs) so i'm going to let you go to your conviction yeah i mean this is kind of like last time i feel like
1: there's just a couple of main chunks going on whereas that first chapter hit a lot of different things so since it's tarantino you start at the end we're going to bring it right up to the beginning and verse one not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I was like, oh, great. That's what I am. <laughs> I am a teacher of this word. Like, ah, I'm going to be judged with greater strictness. Yep. Like, well, couldn't get any plainer than that. And I, like, for me, I don't need to know, like, well, how am I getting judged? What's the consequences of it? Like, just hearing that alone, like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I don't need to know what's on the other side of it. I just know that I definitely need to be aware of what I'm doing. And especially as I've gone through this Christian life, you know, since being a kid, being raised in the church, different things, going overseas and just YouTube opening up and hearing all of these different preachers and teachers and books and everything. It's just like, there are a lot of people teaching things that I think are very obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. and against what Jesus would be teaching. like I feel like these people would kick Jesus out of their church if he came and tried to preach. And I was like, oh man, I need to be really careful with my words. And as I was reading through this, I always kind of took that verse by itself and then moved into the next verses as if they weren't connected. Because mm-hmm. the next verses talks about our tongue, Right. Yeah, it says, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. They're, though they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're guided very, by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. All right, and I always kind of separated those two. They're like, oh, don't be a teacher. Also, everybody else pay attention to the words that mm. you use because your tongue is, like, set on fire and you can set everything, right? Maybe we didn't get to that fire part yet. But then, as I was reading it this time and really connecting those, that as a teacher, you are the tongue, you know? And you're guiding all of those people. Mm. And that's a scary thing because if you consider a ship and a pilot on a ship, that better be a good pilot because you need to be aware of the storms. You, your job is to get those people, that cargo, that ship, to the port safely. So when I consider myself as a teacher, it's like my job is to shepherd these people and teach them safely as they navigate life or come to me or, you know, whatever that thing is, is that I am the tongue. Like, I need to be bridled. It's like I am guiding
0: the body, so to speak, in Mm -hmm. that way. And uh, it's like, ah, that's a lot of responsibility. It is. I'm glad you brought that up because it's actually something I... Oddly enough, when I was reading this morning, uh, I read something about that and it hit me too that way. Like it never before I would read it. Yes, separated the two verses. Yeah. And even in what I have like lined up in my Bible, like I stop at we all stumble because I'm like, okay, I get the, you know, don't all presume to be teachers because we all stumble. And then it goes into the, the whole tongue thing and like watch what you say, right? That mm-hmm. would be the the rest of the verses from here on to verse 12 we could go into like hey as people we need to watch what we say don't say this don't say that your tongue can control your life it can corrupt you which is all good and And i think you can get that from there and i'll jump back into that in a minute (laughs) but uh, because last from last week's video or the last one we clearly hear that my tongue is not the best um but for those who want to be teachers yeah that was really cool that we guide the body with how we say things and not even an idea to want to talk about this, but you look at so many people who start cults and their words and how they talk and they can manipulate people and move them to, to even do things that they would never even have thought of doing mm-hmm. To every, and it, it goes into here. Uh, uh, the tongue is also a fire of a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of his life on fire and is set on fire. So like, It sets the whole, our words can set the whole course of someone else's life. And I will get back to the point of where maybe our words should be more encouraging than discouraging to people. But as preachers and teachers that, yeah, we can guide people if we're not watching our words carefully. If they don't 100% follow what God says in the word, we can guide them off course. Howdy! This is Sheriff J. Arkansas, and I'm here to bring order to the Wild West of your flesh with some convicting truths. Watch what you say. If you're speaking something, it's coming from the heart. So don't let what you say be evil or full of deadly poison. Also, get rid of that selfish ambition and learn contentment. See, there are two types of wisdom. Demonic wisdom that only wants what it wants and doesn't care who gets hurt in the process. And heavenly wisdom that is pure and wants what God wants for them don't have demonic wisdom. This has been Sheriff Jay Arkansas and you've just been convicted. And then, yes, you are being judged more strictly because of that and harsher because maybe some people not purposefully, but those purposefully decided to teach something that wasn't 100% biblical and can stand on God's word. And that's scary. It's also scary to the fact that like there are so many people who are smooth talkers and that they can get their way with how they say things and just lead a group of people away. So it's almost to me now that I'm looking at it, James is saying, for those of you who want to presume to be teachers, you know, you're gonna get judged a little harsher. And then for us who are teachers, watch out for those people so that they don't lead others astray. Yeah, and when
1: we're looking at the, the mouth being able to guide and to set things on fire, it's like, it's not just within the church. I mean, look at anything that happens throughout human history. You generally have one guy or gal, like standing up and speaking, and they're just like a crowd. And just like, they follow that. Mm -hmm. And it's so much, you know, personality or leader-driven. That's so much about that person's message. And it can be a great thing throughout history. Amazingly great things have happened. But it can also be an absolutely horrible thing. And it really is a thing of just like, by our words, great effect comes from that. It's it's such a small thing. It's just like one person leading tens of millions of people. Like, you know, on some of these movements. And it's just like, well, is that going to go good or bad? Mm Mm-hmm and the responsibility that lays there. And throughout history, we can look by bringing it back into the church at different times where the Bible hasn't really been taught correctly, and different things have been brought to the forefront, and different desires have come in, you know, power, money, whatever kinds of things. I really do think that there is a judgment to those people who taught in those ways that that person was looking to you for answers, and that's the answer you gave them. So, again, this is the personal conviction I can look at all of history and look at all stuff, but it's like for me, whenever I'm talking with somebody, it's very much, I've, I've, I think I've said it in the other videos, James was one of the first books that I really read when I came back into the church and really got serious, and I read that, and I wasn't a teacher yet, and I was like, oh, okay, that's not good,
0: and then very quickly I became a
1: teacher. I was like, oh, no, like I'm just part of that now,
0: but it's always been on my mind. Yeah, now let's take it uh, from a more person standpoint like a normal like not someone who's a teacher Mm -hmm. because I think that also needs to be addressed in it Uh, and that whole chunk from there to 12 is just there's so much in there but really I think from all of it James is just telling us watch what we say watch what we say to other people kind of not even in the teaching sense but in the everyday sense and for me the conviction fell probably a little harder on that side also because I feel like when I go up to teach and speak, I, I stay so close to, like, what the Bible says that I don't wander off much unless I have a illustration that may take me in a whole crazy direction, which tends to happen sometimes. Yes. <laughs> but I struggle more with the everyday encouraging, even to, like, my own family, my children. Like, I feel like trying to encourage someone is so hard for me. And it's not because I don't feel like I was ever, like, not encouraged. It's not one of those, like, mental things like a child like i wasn't encouraged or loved enough so that's why i don't do it it wasn't that my parents are great i was always encouraged in things i just feel like it has more to do with me personally because i struggle with the idea of like if i get too much encouragement my ego gets crazy so then i don't want encouragement and because i don't want encouragement i don't give encouragement
1: i get that there's that popular thing the five love languages mm-hmm. right and it's like for me getting gifts like i don't even think that registered for me as far as getting it's like if somebody gives me something it's like, oh wow, thank you, like I do appreciate that. If you hadn't gotten me that, I don't think that you don't love me anymore or less, you know what I mean? Just like give but because I view gifts that way, I'm not really aware of just like, oh, I should really be giving gifts to people mm-hmm. because other people like that. So I'm sorry to my wife and <laughs> like every right? And um, it really takes a lot of mental energies to be aware about where other people are at. So yeah, with our words and being aware Okay, what is the function of my tongue and of my words according to scripture? Like we're told, hey, speak encouragement to one another, speak in Psalms and like lovingly and all this stuff. And that's how you should be speaking to one another. it's like, okay, I guess it doesn't matter where I naturally would be with it or what I think about what I should be. God's telling me to do it. So
0: I need to find the importance there and then also follow through on that. Yeah, to encourage people so that way we're not tearing them down or destroying them, or like leading them astray. And then there's also the, I think the other end of it is the, now watch what you say because people are listening to what you say. Like for me, there, I definitely as a teenager growing up had a swearing problem like no other. Um, bad, like really bad. And I went to church. And um, I like where he says, Out of the mouth come praises and cursing, my brothers this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same springs? And to me, it's basically, that's what I was trying to do with that life of like saying inappropriate jokes, foul language coming out of my mouth. And then coming to church on Sunday and saying, I love God. It was they, can't, they couldn't mix. And eventually one had to give, even to the point where there are words that I use that are supplemental. It's almost like I went from doing drugs to like just smoking now. Like I had to supplement the one, this one isn't as bad, but I'm going to change it. And the real conviction lately has been, ever since last week's video, removing those words also. Because what are they? They're just they're not doing anything that's beneficial for anybody. And with how I joke with people, can I not joke just because I have to make fun of somebody? Because that is an area I struggle with. Like most of the time and you felt the wrath of it. I'm gonna joke with someone, but I'm like, I can make fun of them. And it's so much easier to get that laugh than to get like a just genuine I said something that was funny and it made people laugh. And I go that route so much quicker, but to actually stop doing that because I can't. But see, so you're saying that you go that
1: route so much quicker and that's what this is saying. It's just like, hey, we've been able to tame all kinds of animals, right? Every kind of beast and bird, reptile, sea creature, they've been tamed and can be tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's restless, evil, full of deadly poison. So it's just like, yeah, like it's so much easier to do that. And I can just jump to it it's like, Yes, you can. That's where, not in here, but uh, Scripture tells us, like, we have been given a spirit of self-control. Yeah. And that's where it says being a perfect man. That word perfect, you know, comes into maturity, you know, moving into maturity, moving into self-control, and having all those things that you don't cuss like you used to, and I don't cuss like I used to. I was having this conversation the other day with someone. Who was just like, sometimes the words come into my mind, but I can't really help that. You know, my brain just, like, will come up with stuff just from you know hearing things your brain comes up like here's the answer to that but it doesn't really pass from there coming out because like oh no like okay you thought that whatever here's how I'm going to express where I'm at um so bringing in the self-control on that level but I think that it really comes to it that you brought up the does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water can a fig tree my brother's bear olives or a grapevine produce figs Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water, right? So it's kind of like, what is the source? Where is it coming from? It can't be both of the things. Mm -hmm. It's Either salt water or fresh water. So what is it? And I think that we fool ourselves. And James says, you know, earlier, hey, don't be double-minded. You know, cleanse yourself of that thing. And it's been so much more of where I'm seeing kind of sin issues. Is like, stop treating all of the symptoms. And bring it to the root. Yeah. Like if you change the root, you change the fruit. Like the problem is, is just like from inside, it's all the salt water. Freshness isn't coming out. Scripture tells us from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're speaking something, it's coming from the heart. And when that comes to teaching, when it comes to just general speech and encouragement and whatever, maybe when you're feeling like, oh, I don't want the encouragement, maybe you need the encouragement and stop being scared that it's gonna bring the pride because if you get filled up with the encouragement, you're giving that now, you know? And like for me with my own things and to be able to give from that place, I would just see so much more as like, ah, my problem isn't that I'm cussing. My problem is like, I'm not getting filled up with the right thing. Like, so if I'm sitting there watching all of the R-rated movies on Netflix or whatever it is, right? And that's all that's coming in and I'm not really getting into the word and not speaking to other people they're encouraging or whatever the music I'm listening to, isn't stuff that's filling me up. It's just like, that's all that I've put in there. Mm-hmm. Like what would I expect to come out?
0: I don't know. That's how I feel with my own self on that. Totally agree. I don't think I could say anything else different on that because it is 100% true that what we put in is what comes out and how we're filling ourselves. And I think that maybe that's the check that James wants to give us all. It even wraps up like at the end of it with the two wisdoms, right? There's one that's selfish and then there's the other one that's pure. If we're filling ourselves with what's right? Yeah, controlling our tongue is hard, and I even liked at the beginning where it said, uh, you know, the teachers, and then it followed up with, we all stumble, and if anyone says that, then they're a perfect man. I think that was somewhat sarcasm in his tone. Um, they We're all going to make mistakes, but to fill ourselves up more with what God has to offer instead of what the world has to offer, or just something that's a little bit better, you know, trying to find that. Enjoyment, but filling God more with our life than allowing ourselves to be so consumed with everything that's out there. So the other day we just finished watching a show on Netflix that we had binged, and I I was sitting there and just jokingly I was like, well I don't think in this year cycle I've read my whole Bible through yet, but I've binge watched this show, that show, this show, that show, this show, and then we got to like seven of them, and some of them were like short seasons, but some of them were like ten seasons with twenty something episodes a season. And it was that it kind of hit me. And I think it was because I had just read some of this too, that what what am I putting inside me? What's coming in that's filling my life more? And and where do you find that line of I guess even with the wisdom of selfish ambition that's good and then taking it to a whole crazy level. Where do you find that line of I can sit down and enjoy and watch something on TV? but I don't let it overtake me to where that's all I do and I spend less time with God.
1: Yeah, I think I've shared with you that's where I had stopped playing video games so much because whatever the program was that I had installed, it would count how many hours I played mm-hmm. the video games. It's just right there. In your, imagine if Netflix told you, here's how many hours you've right? watched on your account. You would immediately just like, the conviction. <laughs> the conviction should hit at that point that, oh no. Especially when I bring it to the point of, Am I really going to stand before God and try and come up with some type of excuse that I didn't have the time? And I've had that same conviction, just coming, I don't know, I'm bringing it to this point as far as the conviction, but I kind of forgot what I was going to say. (laughs) It happens.
0: Um, I think bringing it back to all of it is that we just sum it up with what we fill ourselves up with has to be more of God. Mm -hmm. Lean more towards the wisdom that he offers and not the wisdom that the world has to offer it happens don't worry it's gonna go up there anyways i'm not gonna edit it
1: i know you're but... not that's why i was striving so hard to pull it back out and it just wasn't coming i was like if i stay quiet for longer it will be much worse <laughs> it would
0: uh... <laughs> but i think we're at the time anyways where yeah. we should be wrapping this thing up uh james chapter three to me personally a lot more ouches I think I struggle more with what happens in this chapter than some of the other ones. I think for me personally, ambition is always something that I that I struggle with because I don't want to be about me, but I I love when things are about me. And um, I, I personally really have to learn to control what I say to others. I, I don't want to go down as a person who is considered a jerk, which I think may happen at this point. I want to, when my life ends, I I want to be that person where someone says he always was encouraging or he had the words to say that helped me. And again, not from personal satisfaction, but for the idea that I knew that I was doing what God called me to do and that was just help people.
1: Yeah, I don't want to have
0: that but. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, he was a really good teacher. He was a really good friend. He was really good at whatever. But, man, he could just really tear somebody down. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. And my wife has very much helped me in that because i guess with a lot of my sarcasm and the very dry sarcasm i would think something would be hilarious other people thought that i was just very very mean so i worked on that a lot even before me and you really started linking up so that's where you're probably like oh man you didn't like know of working on
0: it the lot. problem is i've been working on this for like <laughs> 38 years so that's that's the biggest <laughs> problem with me uh but yeah i think that's a good way to wrap this one up is just work on it there. The light at the tunnel for this one is that if you lean more towards what God has for you and not on what yourself, that abundance will flow out. and you'll start encouraging people. And it won't be because you're forcing yourself to. It's because it's just natural. My just end with it is the scripture kept coming up and I don't think I said it yet. Is that
1: seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added. Now, if you're seeking first the king, if you're seeking first to have that spring be pure that's coming up, if you're seeking first for the wisdom to come out that's pure, you know, if you're seeking to really be like, all right, let me get that relationship with God right and really mm-hmm. be spending the time there instead of the other things we can be spending time. So like, if we seek that first, I think that our tongue will fall in line. I think that our wisdom and the way that we interact will fall in line because we got
0: to get connected first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it for what I got. Yeah, that's it for me. So... This is Conviction Series. This is Chapter 3. Next video, we're going to hit Chapter 4. Again, if there's anything in you that you want to add in the comment section on what convicted you in this chapter, go ahead and write it down there, and we'll talk about it some more.
1: And we have the Facebook group, so if you get in there, you can communicate. You can, you know, talk to us. If you Maybe you're watching this, you're like, I don't have anyone to talk about this stuff, or I want to get a further opinion on it. Both of us are
0: pretty accessible. Yeah, so I'm Chris Murdoch, and we'll catch you guys next time.